Critic Christopher Bigby answers the question, why is the crucible important? He says, when I was writing an introduction to the crucible, I asked Arthur Miller if it was all right by him if I related the play to the then controversial subject of recovered memories by which people would suddenly find themselves accused by their children of offenses which could not be proved or therefore disproved since by its nature there was no evidence. Children, now grown, and usually as a result of aggressive therapy, would suddenly accuse their parents of molestation, which apparently they had forgotten for years. Their power came from the fact that the issue had been seized upon by those with agendas of their own and seemed to have some kind of social sanction. His reaction was to say, absolutely. And subsequently, he made a reference to this himself. Of course, by its nature, the play has been interpreted in many ways as different societies and times suggested new applications. The individual finding him or herself attacked for imagined offenses or for a failure to conform to the prejudices and beliefs of others. Hence, as he pointed out, the tendency of the Chinese to relate it to the Cultural Revolution in which children suddenly gained power over their elders, sometimes with fatal consequences. John Proctor's is a dissenting voice, and dissent can prove dangerous in many societies. When the play was staged in New York, directed by Richard Eyre, it seemed to have immediate relevance at a time when America was in the process of dismantling legal protections and dissent from a prevailing paranoia was not welcome. Habeas corpus was suspended, and detention without charge of familiar tactic. Some of those detained were not permitted to know the precise nature of the charge against them, or to speak in their own defense. The disturbing truth was that what had long been touted as the virtue of the American system, the very principles apparently under assault from without, were so swiftly and comprehensively abandoned. Eleven years after 9-11, there were still those imprisoned without trial or conviction and with no date for their release. This is a long way from the Puritans of 1692, but the suddenness with which a society can turn against itself and its values remains distressingly familiar. Arthur was fond of saying that he wrote metaphors rather than plays. In other words, they were open to interpretation. Today, when I am asked to write program notes, I am reticent about giving too much space to McCarthyism. That was the circumstance of its creation. It is not the circumstance of its reception. That is one reason why it continues and will continue to be relevant to audiences around the world at all times. Christopher Bigsby of the University of East Anglia answering the question, why the crucible is important in the Arthur Miller Journal in 2012. Drama in Motion Performance Works at the Performance Works Theater in Nuremberg will present Arthur Miller's The Crucible this weekend under the direction of Joshua Plesch and with Tim Solarek in the role of John Proctor. We had a chance to speak with them by phone about how the play was chosen and why it's important for us now. John Plesch. It is a happy coincidence that it falls around the Halloween time, but that's really not so much why we chose it. The Crucible as a production, as a show, 
really speaks to just universal themes that we can see today. Themes of corruption, themes of falling into lies, themes of a falling society. So when we get these characters involved in this show and we see their reactions to the events happening around them, we can act the same way today. Like when our society falls apart, when we're questioning things, when we're put under pressure, how are we going to react? And these characters are facing the same thing. It really is eerily prescient in that way. Oh, and, and it never was. Arthur Miller originally created this work as an allegory during the period of the Red Scare in the United States. The fear for the spread of communism and uh, the House of Un-American Activities Committee would accuse people of being communist sympathizers. And their names would end up on blacklists. They wouldn't get jobs. They wouldn't get opportunities. They wouldn't get acting moments. And it was a time in the United States not too far off that is impactful, and we still see those kinds of things today. And what about this character? He's been called a tragic character. Hasn't John Proctor been referred to in that way? Very complex character, right? Yes, most definitely. I guess to start with John Proctor, obviously it's the inner turmoil most of us have experienced in life, whether it be to live with the truth or conceal it and keep up the facade and what you want to present to the world. So without, without giving too many details about the whole internal battle and turmoil he experiences throughout this show, he is very complex. Not only, not only the way he views society, but views himself as to who's really the good guy, who's really the bad guy, and how they all interact with each other. And I think we all kind of have a little bit of a hero and villain, but as far as a tragic character, um, most definitely his faults kind of catch up with him, but in the end, he kind of sees the truth and the light and uh, what's really most important. Like I said, we're all here on this earth for a, a little moment in time, but when we're gone, what is our legacy and what will people remember us with? And Josh, when you laid out for us the power of this work for us today, what is your vision as a director in terms of bringing that out? Do you let the words of Arthur Miller and the way the characters are drawn by him, does that do it? Is it just all there in the script? Well, that's a very interesting question, actually. This is a beautifully written work, and like I said, the themes are universal. That doesn't mean we have to follow him by the book. He does a phenomenal, phenomenal job of creating and representing this time period. But I think the interesting thing about The Crucible, and it goes into my kind of production design, is that everything seems a little skewed. Everyone is on edge. That's kind of represented in how I conducted the show, how I directed my actors. For example, my set, you may see, my set is not just normal walls on the stage. It almost looks like there's holes in your neighbors. Anyone walking by can look through your walls into your home and see exactly what you're doing. No one is able to have secrets. Everything is exposed out in the open. So I think those kind of surreal elements really add to the production itself what Arthur Miller already created. I just think I like to add a little bit on top of it. Is this a work that you've known and been interested in? Actually, absolutely. Actually, I'm, I'm a high school teacher. I'm teaching it to my kids right now, and they love it. And, and I think it's, it's a great, great thing to include in a curriculum because of all of these themes, because of society, because we see it still today. And those kids can see themselves in these characters, which is perfect. Tim, what about the fact that you have to create your own character, but then you have to interact with all the rest of the characters, but your wife and Abigail, the woman whom you have the relationship with and all those sorts of things. Mm -hmm. What do those encounters do for you in terms of finding your own character? 
Well, of course, I'm sure uh, everyone famously remembers Daniel Day-Lewis's portrayal in the movie. So, of course, everyone kind of has their first set of what a John Proctor would be. With the script, of course, it is a little different, but I think, like any character, when I try to portray what the writer and the original had in mind, is to not only be true to John Proctor, but be true to myself. Try to really put myself in his thinking, not not from Tim's perspective of what John Proctor should be, but really interact with each of them in their own particular way, very different. So I do try to stay true to that, and that kind of keeps me in the moment as much as possible and understand the relationship and not only the character, but the, the period of time. Obviously, here in 2021, some things that happened in the show and the play wouldn't really, really fly in today's day and age. So to really stay true to who John Proctor is, forget myself and really immerse myself in the role. And hopefully that's what people will see when they come out and experience the show. And and that's what I think of the show. It's not necessarily sitting there and watching people say words and this. It is an experience, the most highly emotional, very intense. And I hope, um, like I said, when people come out to see it, they really experience that emotion of the man. Because while, of course, it has been made into a play and film and everything, John Proctor was a real individual. So I also keep that in mind and try to have respect for not only the person, but the time and just keep as true to that story as possible. And you just used the word true. Does Arthur Miller use variations of the word true and truth? Do we hear Absolutely. And, and that's kind of a large premise of the entire show. Not only what people see as truth, but to the individual, would, the, way you're, the way you're seen in society and in life, what do you value more? The facade some of us put up and, and hide behind certain masks or being true to yourself. And that, that goes back to the complexity of John Proctor. Um, that has a little bit of his struggle and turmoil and definitely, definitely comes up the word true many times, especially coming out of my mouth, whether it be truth, true. And while it is a witch hunt, it, it's also a very emotional journey for one's self-truth and what one finds they're almost their salvation and their peace of mind with themselves. And Josh, can you talk on behalf of the women characters on their own and in their interactions with John Proctor? Well, let's start with Abigail Williams. She's played by Shelby Wolf. Um, Abigail Williams is the famous woman in history that had the affair with John Proctor. While that actually didn't happen in real life, Arthur Miller created that and he fictionalized that to add drama to the story which I think is a beautiful addition. And she herself as a character creates the entire drama that starts to play. She wants to get Elizabeth, who is played by Joelle Whitner, John's current wife. She wants to get her out of the picture so that she can have John all to herself. So she tries to practice witchcraft, again, without giving too much away. And after that, the entire town slowly starts to find out about it. And the drama is trying to keep that conflict under wraps and... Abigail's reaction to the entire process of everyone trying to bottle it up and keep it down is to crank it to 10, is to go on the offensive, to start accusing other people so she can get the heat off of herself. But she's a very dynamic character. She's very strong. And you see her play every other character. She's very manipulative. She's beautifully, beautifully written by Arthur Miller. And to Elizabeth, I'll go there, John's wife. It is sadly a story that we see throughout history, the scorned wife. She's kind of a trope, 
but this character wears her emotions so well, and she tries to stay so, so strong in the heart of the show. But once she is actually convicted, all cards are on the table. And for the first time ever, she has to decide, will, will I try to save this man from, from dying? Is, is my truth right? Is my truth the right one? And she has to grapple with the fact that she was, yes, she was cheated on. But at the end of the day, does, does she let her scorn overcome her, or will she help John Proctor in the end? There's quite a lot of conflict and tension, and, and the energy builds and builds and builds. How do you keep that tension building, and how do you keep it from flagging, Josh? Ha, that's, that's a good question. There are moments throughout the show that get very, very intense. And, and like you said, there are conflicts throughout the entire piece with every single character. And, and that's all set on the table from the very beginning. So how do you keep those levels? It, it can be quite challenging sometimes. But Arthur Miller did a beautiful job of creating and writing this story and making the highs high and making the lows so low. We have those times of him screaming out there as John Proctor on stage talking about his truths. But we also get those solemn moments where it's John and Elizabeth at their dinner table and we see their interactions. And it, those, those aren't the heights. Those aren't the screaming moments. Those are the moments where we look at ourselves and we say, we have been in that situation before. We're not all angry. Sometimes we get sad. So it's a good mix of both. Do you use any incidental music at all? There, there will be. There will be transitional themes and music throughout the play. And also, I took an interesting choice, and I use sound effects to enhance some of the moments. Some of those soft moments in the play kind of need a little, a little undertone to really bring out the emotions in people, and I think it's a beautiful balance. And does that help you in the mood when you're trying to maintain John Proctor, Tim? Oh, oh, absolutely. Well, to begin with, as Josh was alluding to, the way Arthur Miller writes, it, it, it kind of gets you emotionally charged to begin with, but then when you add the lights and the music and all the effects, it's it's a very difficult role and complex, but it, it makes it much easier to uh, step in when that mood's set and you get that emotion. And you could almost feel the audience and the other cast members feeling your pain. And it's, it's a very, 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 I don't know if the word's empowering, but a very interesting and, I guess, while it might not seem it at the time, enjoyable moment to <laughs> kind of live out those raw emotions. Like I said, it's easy to get lost and caught up in them, but obviously those effects and that music really set the mood and really kind of inspire you to really want to hit those points, hit those marks, and be true to the character. Can I ask a question on that? You had just previously mentioned how it might be hard to disassociate from that character. You get so into his head. Do you ever Mm -hmm. find yourself just bleeding into real life? How hard is it? All the time, from from growing out this beard for the past three weeks to not getting a haircut for several months, yeah, I'm really trying to embody him and be him. But like anybody, John Proctor faces a lot of the same turmoil, uh, makes mistakes, has to live with those mistakes, has to find truth in himself, truth in others, like we all do. it's It's a battle in different ways we all kind of experience in life. So you could draw it while... While I may not have the same sins as John Proctor, you could definitely think of times in your life where you may have made mistakes and need to rectify them. So um, as far as getting into the character, it's, 
very easy to engulf yourself into this one because of the the real ebbs and flow of the person. Like like anybody in life, he has those same dynamics, and and it's fun to try to hit those marks and make sure. Like I said, I keep reiterating about be true to the character. When you mention hair and beard and so forth. What about costuming? Josh, you talked about the production design. How does the costuming fit into everything we've been hearing? I lend most of my costuming ability to Phyllis Colombo, who's, who's doing the bulk of that work. She's, she's absolutely fabulous. And she's up there sewing bonnets and collars and aprons and trying to make everything as period and to the time as possible, and she's doing a remarkable job. What do you say to each other, and what do you say to us, then, about the power of theater? This is such an example. Theater is, and always will be, and always has been a reflection of the human experience. Every show that goes up on stage, I don't care if it's a straight play, I don't care if it's a musical, represents human truisms. And it's beautiful, and sometimes it's tragic, and sometimes it's happy, and sometimes it's depressing, and you leave that place in a state that's awful, but you never leave thinking, I, I don't believe that. And I, and I think this play, I really, really hope, I truly hope that people leave my production in, in, our, in our production of The Crucible and say, I, I believe these characters, and I believe their issues and their trauma, and, and I feel sorry for them. What I want people to realize is the importance of live theater. Like Josh said, for a lot of people, we have our busy lives, our schedule. But when you come to our theater, when you come to see this production, for those, for that hour and a half, two hours, two and a half hours, we get to take these people away to an escape. Let them enjoy. Let them, let them laugh. Let them cry. Let them, let them feel anger. Let them feel happiness. Like Jimmy Valvano once said, if you laugh, you cry, that's a full day. So you'll definitely have that in this show. And while we all love to feel good in the feel-good movies, I believe as long as you move that audience to an emotion, like I said, whether it be happiness, whether it be sadness, joy, pain, as artists, as actors, that's what we live for. That's what we thrive for. So the importance for people to come out and say, wow, this really has been missed through this whole period of no theater due to the pandemic and everything. So by all means, come out and see this one. This, to me, is a very special role. And again, an excellent cast, excellent production, excellent direction. So come check us out in The Crucible. We heard from Tim Solarak who is John Proctor in the production, and Joshua Plesch, who directs Arthur Miller's The Crucible in a production by DM Performance Works at the Performance Works Factory Theater in Nuremberg, 15 School Street. And you'll be able to attend this weekend, November 4th and 5th at 7 in the evening and November 7th at 3. Doors open 45 minutes prior to each show and there will be a snack bar available. You can have sandwiches and such. The Factory Works Theater, again, it is in Nuremberg at 15 School Street, and the phone number, area code 570-710-7244, 710-7244, and to reach the website, it's dmpwshows.org, dmp shows.org. 
DM Performance Works Factory Theater in Nuremberg on School Street, and it is The Crucible. November 4th and 5th at 7 in the evening, and November 7th at 3. For more information on the web, dmpwshows.org.